Well, good morning. Wow. If you're here for the first time, they do that every week. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, no, I lost my carrot already. Can't lose my carrot. Hey, listen, it is, uh, it's great to be back. We've, uh, if you didn't know, we've been on vacation for four weeks. So I haven't seen you since last month. How's that? Last month. And um, I've got to tell you, it's, it's so refreshing to get away. Uh, it took me a lot of years before I guess I was ready or willing to do that. And I long ago realized that this place isn't about me, it's about him. And we've got some of the best volunteers and staff on the planet. And it's, yeah. And so to go away and know that God's work is in his hands and we've got some of the greatest people on the planet, it makes it easy to get refreshed. And uh, people always want to know, what do you do on vacation? Well, uh, we, we spent the first week at the lake and then we did some home projects in week two and week three or week two, we also uh, built, helped build a deck for a family that was in need. And then week three, we went to Hilton Head, South Carolina for the first time and had a great time on the ocean before the hurricane came. So that was pretty cool. And uh, then we hung out with family and friends and stayed up late and got up late and, uh, and rested, but it's great to be back. And uh, I am ready, I hope you're ready because we're kicking off a brand new series today called Chasing Carrots. Chasing Carrots. And I just gotta tell you, we were able to take in the messages while we were gone. Uh, the first two weeks, my daughter Keisha spoke and we were actually in the car going to Hilton Head and then listened the second message on the way back and then Pete did an awesome job and then last week, Brandon. But today, we're kicking off a brand new series of messages, Chasing Carrots, the constant, continual pursuit for more. And my guess is if you're anything like me, you have bought the lie that I often buy, and that is if I can just get a little more of that. <laughs> I don't know what that is for you, but we all have our that's, right? Some of us have a lot of that's. But if I could just get a little bit more of that, if I could just get that, if we could just get that, then I think life would be better. I think we'd be more satisfied. I think we would have more peace, more joy, more comfort. That's what's missing. But if you're like me, you've got that. You've got a lot of that's that you thought would do it and it didn't do it, but you got more of that. And you thought if I had that, it would do this, but I got that and it didn't do that. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, keep that in mind, Christmas is coming. Keep that in mind. Well, that's what we're talking about in this series and we're gonna hit a various range of subjects of carrots that we chase. And we're gonna start today about a carrot, listen, that many of you are gonna think is not an issue for you. We're starting with that one. And I just want you to hang in there because I really believe that it's more of an issue than most of us think we have. 
This is a carrot that most of us chase, probably all of us chase at some level or another. You might not believe that yet, but hopefully by the end of today, you realize that you have and that that's not the answer. And I'm gonna give you what the answer is. So we're gonna talk today about the pursuit of fame. We're gonna talk today about the pursuit of fame. See, nobody got excited. You're like, oh good, I really need help with that because you don't think you have an issue with that. You're like, I, you're talking to somebody else because I could care less about being famous. Hold on. Let me tell you what we all want. We all want to be known. We all want to be admired. We all want, at some level, we want to be liked. Some of us want to be followed. We want to be accepted. We want to be respected. We want to be famous, some of us. And again, some of you are going, no, 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 that's not me, that's not me, that's not me, that's so-and-so. Oh, they want to be famous so bad you can just see it. Listen, we live in a culture today that I believe more than any other time in the history of the world that more people chase fame today than ever before. And for those of us that don't think maybe that's our big deal, like, nah, that's really not my big deal, I would say that all of us have these micro-cravings for fame. Maybe not the big, huge deal, but we got these micro-cravings for fame. And let me tell you why I know this. <laughs> I see it in people. I see it in myself. I don't even like it. You ever, you did the job, right? And you want somebody to know that you did it, right? Husbands, we're great at that. The one time we clean up or do dishes or whatever, right? The wife does it all the time. She comes in and doesn't notice. You're like, didn't you notice? Like I put that dish in the dishwasher, <laughs> right? And you didn't even say anything. We want to do that, right? If we give, we want people to know we gave. That's why there's plaques all over with people's names on it. I served, and by golly, I want everybody to know that I served. I showed up at work, and I did that something. It was not even my deal, but I did it. I want somebody to know it. Micro cravings for fame. Some of you that are on social media, you post something on Facebook. Ten people comment that it's very cool or thank you or all that, you look great or all oh, that's awesome and one person says something a little bit negative, you're ready to kill yourself. I'm getting off of here. That's not really me. You don't know me. Right? Micro cravings for fame. For those of you that really still believe you're way above this, we got a long time yet today, so stay tuned. <laughs> but if you don't think you're hungry to be liked, to be known, to be followed, to be famous even at a micro level, can I just tell you that if you have kids or you have grandkids, that they have it and they have this need, they struggle with this. In fact, listen, there's research now. Listen to this research. 10 to 12 year olds, their number one goal in life, as they were surveyed, 10 to 12 years old, the number one thing that drives them today, your kids, grandkids, 10 to 12 years old, it's not for financial security. That might shock you, but it's not. Their number one goal is not to be rich. Their number one goal is not to achieve success. It's not even for great community or great families or great relationships. The number one, the top goal for 10 to 12 year olds in our country today is to be famous. 
to be broadly known, to be accepted, to have people know your name or recognize your face. Isn't that amazing? That's their goal. Now we'll talk about all the different ways you can do that today, which is crazier than ever before. But let me do this. How many of you, if you're between the age of 22 and 37, raise your hands. 22 and 37. Yeah, let me talk to you for a second. Do you know when they surveyed people between 22 and 37, do you know that 50% of people in that age bracket, do you know what they said? 50% of 22 to 37 year olds believe that their life should be made into a movie. No joke. The people that are laughing, you're either part of the other 50% or you're older than that or younger than that, right? But you know why we're laughing? Listen, we're not coming to your movie. (laughs) But they really believe this. Listen, they asked people a survey. What would you be willing to do to be famous, to have your name be recognized by people? Some of this is staggering. Let me just read this to you. One out of 12 people, these are American people, one out of 12 people would actually disown their family to become a household name. One out of every 12 people, let's start doing the math in here. One out of nine would give up the possibility of ever getting married to be famous. One in six would give up having children to be famous. You think that's a big deal? One out of six would give up the idea of ever having kids just to be famous. I got a feeling that number even drops if depending on the kids they've been around, if you know what I mean, right? I guess that could change. But isn't it amazing how much people would give to be famous? That's crazy to me, it's crazy. But let's talk about this. Is it wrong to be famous? And the answer is no. Not, there's nothing wrong with being popular. There's, there's nothing really wrong with being famous. I mean, you could be great in your field and invented something great or whatever you did. There's nothing wrong in itself with being famous. But it's a tricky deal. You could almost, you can make a claim that in the Bible, God himself made certain people famous. So it's not sinful. Matter of fact, if you haven't, take out your message outlines. Look at 1 Chronicles chapter 14. When David was obedient to God, God made him famous. This is what scripture says. So David did as God commanded him. So he was faithful and he was obedient. And his army, they struck down the Philistine army and all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. So what happened when David was obedient to God? God commanded him, scripture says. So what happened? as a result of David's obedience to God. So David's fame spread throughout every land and the Lord made all the nations fear him. Evidently, God made David famous because he was obedient. God also made Solomon famous. I don't know if you know much about Solomon. Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived. And the reason he became that is because God came to him one day and said, Solomon, anything you ask, I'll do for you. It's almost like finding a genie lamp, only the real deal with God. And Solomon could ask for anything, which based on what we've already learned, a lot of us would ask for fame or money or whatever, right? And God says, Solomon, what is it? Have you thought about it? What do you want? And Solomon said, you know what I want, God? I want wisdom. 
I want wisdom more than anything else, I want wisdom. And you know what God said? Because Solomon, you didn't ask for wealth, you didn't ask for riches, you didn't ask for fame, I'm gonna not only give you wisdom, you're gonna be the smartest person ever, I'm gonna give you wisdom, or I'm gonna give you fame, and I'm gonna give you riches as well. Pursuit of fame. There's not a sin to be famous, but the pursuit of fame, when that's your objective, is very dangerous to your faith because the pursuit of fame, get this, <coughs> you can tell I haven't spoken four weeks, my throat. It takes your heart away from God. It takes your heart away from other people. And guess what it does? It moves your heart that's taken away from God and taken away from other people, and it moves it towards yourself. It's very hard to be focused on God and other people when you're focused, everybody's focusing on you. So it's dangerous. Is it sinful? No, but it moves the trajectory of your heart away from the things of God, away from other people, and it focuses on you. Now, here's what's so fascinating to me about how things have changed. If you look through decades and decades and centuries and centuries in our past, to be famous, you had to do something pretty extraordinary. I mean, they didn't have all the technology, I get all that, but you had to do something really, really big. You had to be a big-time movie star that everybody knew. <coughs> you had to be a famous politician. You had to invent something. You had to do a big deal. Today, you don't have to do that to be famous. Because of social media today, because how quick things can travel, you can sit in your little office in your underwear. <coughs> you can make a video. You can use your creative mind and create some kind of creative content, and you can upload it. You can post something, and almost overnight, you can be famous. It happens. You can do it by doing something great, an invention. You can do it something crazy. You can do something rude, something horrible, and be famous. You can even do something very odd. Matter of fact, take a look at this odd person that's famous. And what they're famous for, well, just look. Millions, millions of people have viewed that. She's famous for smashing her face into bread. You say, who watches that kind of stuff to make them famous? We do. <coughs> it's a real deal. She's massively famous for smashing her face in bread. That's the society we live in today. That's how easy it is to become famous. 
That's why 10 to 12-year-olds and so many people are putting so much hope and dreaming about becoming famous. That's why some people think so hard before they make a post on social media. That might be something that triggers something big. It could be my kid, they did this. Famous often is a trap that leads our hearts away from God and away from other people and puts it on ourselves. Again, please hear me. There's nothing sinfully wrong about being famous. You can build a credible, legitimate following, you can be the real thing and make a real difference. But be very careful because the pursuit of fame draws our hearts away from God and away from other people and the trajectory moves towards ourselves. But so many people are pursuing it. God's word says it. I've said it. If you don't believe the Bible, you don't believe me, you might believe Jim Carrey. (laughs) Look at what Jim Carrey says. I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they've ever dreamed of so they can what? They can see that it's not the answer. You ever wondered why wealthy people seem to commit suicide a lot and go through dozens of marriages and partners and have all kinds of issues? Because they have everything that money can buy. The things that you and I think are the that, that if we had that, it would do something. They get it all and they have money to buy it all and do it all and go everywhere and they still find out that that is not enough. (laughs) But we still want more of that. Don't we? I mean, we do. What's the answer? What is the answer? In all of scripture, the person that I believe had the opportunity for fame, but got it right, was a guy in the New Testament, JTB, John the Baptist. JTB, John the Baptist. Matter of fact, you know John the Baptist and Winnie the Pooh have something in common? This is free say, what do they have in common? They both have the same middle name. Winnie the Pooh, John the Baptist. Uh, Maybe I'll be famous for saying that. No. John the Baptist, listen, he was an odd dude. He wore animal skins as clothing. He ate wild locusts and honey. The message that he brought drew crowds, but they were confused. He said things like, I'm here to prepare the way. You gotta repent of your sins. There's one coming after me that you need to be ready for, focused on. And evidently he was so captivating, many people followed him and he started to grow in popularity. And him, I believe he was human like you and I are human. He had to have this thing inside of him. Part of it was like, oh man, I could make a deal out of this. 
People kept asking him, are you the one? Are you the one? They'd heard about a coming Messiah. Are you him? And he said, no, 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 I'm not it. You know what many of us would have done? Let's just be honest. You know what I'd have been tempted to do? Hey, I can still point people to Jesus and kind of do my thing on the side as well. Like I can, I can take advantage of this popularity and still point people to Jesus. Like I could set myself up for future, right? Like I could, I could retire off of this. Like people are coming to me and I'll tell them about Jesus, but let me, you know, let me do my thing first. Let me do it side by side. John the Baptist didn't do it. You know what he said? He said, listen, no, 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 no. I'm not the one. I'm not even close to being the one. Matter of fact, listen, I would not even be worthy to tie his sandals or untie his sandals. Don't focus on me. You want to wait for the one coming after me. And look at what he wrote in John 3, verse 30. I don't know why years and years and years ago this verse stuck to me so much, but oftentimes when I write out cards to people under my name, I put John 3.30. Here's what John said. Jesus must, must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. Are you the one? Are you the one, John the Baptist? No, 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 no. It's not me. There's one coming after me. I'm not even fit to untie his sandals. You see, I've got to become less and less because he needs to become more and more. You don't need more of me. You need more of him. It's less of me and more of him. That's what he said. It's never been about me, John the Baptist said. It's always been about him. You see, you don't understand what he's coming to do. You don't understand who he is. Lucifer, one of God's angels that got kicked out of heaven became the devil, right? Because he wanted to be like God. He wanted the same fame. There's five I wills that you see in scripture that he did. I wanna be the most high. I wanna be known. I wanna be famous. I wanna be like God, right? I want it to be about me. John the Baptist had the opportunity to do the same thing, but John the Baptist said, no, 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 no. My only mission is life is that you see more of him and less of me. I'm just a messenger. I'm just a pointer to get you to the right place, the right person, and it's not me. It needs to be less of me and more of him. It all boils down to motive. So what I wanna do today as we kick off this series is I wanna ask you two very specific, pointed questions. And I beg you today, to have the courage to answer these questions truthfully, honestly. Because it can change your life. Two questions, they both boil down to motive. Will you please answer these questions openly and honestly? Here's question number one, if you're taking notes. Ask yourself this question and be courage be full of courage enough to be honest with your answer. Don't answer it too quick. Who, who are you representing? Who are you representing, really? Who are you really representing? Think about this. If you're on social media, when you write out that post about you or your kids or whoever it is, who are you representing? When you go to work, who are you representing? 
When you find the need or the desire to be popular, who are you representing? And don't give that pious, churchy answer. If you're in church and there's an answer or there's a question, doesn't matter what it is, in church, the answer is always Jesus, right? <laughs> don't tell me or don't tell yourself what you think the right answer is. Tell me what's true. Tell yourself what's true. Who are you representing? Oh, Jesus, it's Jesus. I represent Jesus. <laughs> no, you don't. Oftentimes, no, you don't. Oftentimes, I do not. Be honest. Ask yourself, who am I really representing? Social media, it's amazing to me how many times people write something about a loved one that lives in their same house, but they're putting it on Facebook. Who are you representing? I had to ask myself, who do I represent? Well, I'm the pastor, I represent Jesus all the time. No. No. Sometimes I'm not. Who are you representing? Who are you really representing? What drives you? And be honest. Paul says who we should represent as followers of Jesus. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. So we are Christ's, what? As followers of Christ, we are Christ's ambassadors. And God is making his appeal, get this, God is making his appeal through us, believers, followers. We speak for Christ whenever we plead, come back to God. If you're a follower of Christ, you know who we are to represent? We're to represent Christ. You know why? Because he calls us ambassadors for Christ. What's an ambassador? An ambassador is the highest ranking diplomat, diplomat sent from one nation to another nation to represent their home territory. If you're a follower of Christ, if you're an ambassador for Christ, which if you are a follower, he says we are, you're the highest ranking diplomat sent from heaven to this earth to represent God. That's who you are. You want to, people are always, I, I don't know what my purpose is. There's your purpose. You were put on this earth temporarily so you could make a decision to turn over control of your life to the God that gave his son's life for you so you could be reconciled to your creator so that whenever you die, you go to heaven. But in the meantime, once you know Christ, we, our main purpose is to represent him and to point people to him because everybody is gonna spend eternity in one of two places. Whatever we do should bring glory to God. That's your purpose, who you represent. Who are you really representing? Jesus, it's Jesus. Be honest. Be honest because so often, you know what? So honest. Too many times I'm representing me. I'm drawing attention to me. I hope they like me. I hope they accept me. I hope they love my kids. I hope they see how talented they are. 
Let the Spirit of God do some cleansing work in your heart. Let's be more like JTB, less of me, Jesus, and more of you because you're the one that matters. Who are you representing? That's the first question. Let it sink into your heart and be honest. And do something about it. And here's question number two. He said, good, I didn't like that first question. You're probably not gonna like this one either. Whose approval matters most to me? Be honest, be truthful with yourself. Whose approval matters most to you? Again, we know it should be Jesus, it's Jesus. But in reality, you know what it is so many times? It's the crowd. It's the people around us. It's our boss, it's our neighbors, it's our friends. We're trying to fit in. We're trying to be accepted. We're trying to convince people that we're successful. We're pretty darn proud of how we turned out and what we've done. We don't want people not to like us. Whose approval matters most to you? Why do we do all these things to try to fit in, to make other people like us, to be accepted? Why? Why is it that most of us have deep down in us this craving to be noticed, to be admired, to be followed, to be popular, to be broadly liked? Why? Psychologists will tell us something interesting about the desire for fame. Listen to this, psychologists say that there's a desire for fame rooted in injury and neglect. In other words, if you find yourself with this craving to be noticed and to be known and to be admired and to be loved and to be accepted, you probably grew up feeling insignificant. You might have had parents that were overbearing or no matter what you did, you could never do enough. You could never live up to their expectations. They were difficult to please. You had a longing in your soul to be known and to be noticed. And because you didn't get it, you're like, do you like me? Do you recognize me? Do you validate me? Do you accept me? We've got these micro cravings because of the hurt or the neglect. Look at what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 2, 4, and 6. Here's who we should be. For we speak as messengers. We're ambassadors. We're his messengers. Approved by God. And to be entrusted with the good news. You and I have been entrusted with the good news. What's the good news? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that so whosoever would believe in him, put their faith in him, their trust in him above all things, would not perish but have eternal life, everlasting life. That's the good news. We're messengers entrusted with that message. If we don't get out that message to the world, the world's not gonna hear it. That's our purpose. And then he tells us our purpose in case we missed it. Our purpose, check this out, is to please God. You know what your purpose is in life? You don't have to wait for some crazy email and some far out thing. It's gonna change the whole world because you're gonna do something. 
Your purpose is to please God. Get this, not people. He alone, it's all about our motives. He alone examines the motives of the heart. As for human praise, we've never sought it from you or anyone else. That's what Paul said. Who are you representing? Whose approval really matters most to you? Again, be honest. Whose approval to you matters the most? Is it your mom, your dad, your wife, your husband, your boss, your kids, your friends? Less of me, more of him. Less of me, more of him. Less attention to me, more glory to him. Less about fame, more about his name. Less about follow me, more about follow him. We're called to something higher. As followers of Christ, we're called to something better. We're called to something higher and we're called to something better. Can you Listen, this isn't on your note sheets, but it might be worth you writing down. We're not called to be famous. We're called to be faithful. You get that? We're not called to be famous. We're called to be faithful. Faithful to the one who was faithful to us. Faithful to the one who sent his son to die so we didn't have to. You're never going to stand before God. You are going to stand before God one day, but you're never going to stand before him and have him say, well done, thou good and famous YouTube star. <laughs> For those he says, well done, he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Faithful to the one who was faithful to us. That's my goal. I pray that's your goal. You're going to stand before God one day. I want you to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. You don't have to be famous in people's mind, to be faithful to God. He says, when you ever give a cup of cold water in my name, I notice. You might serve every week here at Crossroads or doing God's work somewhere else. And you say, nobody ever notices. I'm thinking about packing it in. I, I, you know what? No one cares. No one appreciates. No one even acknowledges what I does. He does. He notices it all. He said, I saw it all. Your sacrifice, it matters. Your giving, it matters. You know, we're building downtown. Not just so we have a place to go that you and I are proud to be a part of and call it our own. We're going down there to be faithful in this community because there's people around that building that don't know Jesus Christ. I want his name to be famous down there, not mine or yours or ours. That's what we want. And you know how it's going to happen? Listen, get ready because we're moving. We're moving. In the first part of next year, somehow, we're moving. 
It's gonna, we're moving into a new place. Is everything gonna be perfect? No, but you know what, we're moving. And guess what that means? It's gonna take a lot more of us to get involved because we're all called to be faithful. We're all called to be servants. And listen, I'm just telling you this. If we'll all get on board when we move downtown and we'll do the things that God wants us to do downtown, this community is in for a treat. You know why? Because it's gonna be less about us and more about him. And people are gonna say, oh my gosh, what kind of people do this? Faithful people that have the desire to point people to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't really care what people call me. I care, but I need to care less. Not because I'm hard, but because I care more about what he thinks about me. And suddenly, listen, if you and I will realize what he calls us and how he sees us, you'll quit living for the applause of the crowd, but you'll live for the approval of the creator. His opinion matters. I wanna serve him. Less of me, more of you. Less of me, more of him. That's what I want. David in the New Testament, or the Old Testament, remember that? We're gonna wrap it up. David did what God commanded him. Remember, we started with that. And David, God made David famous. David, which God called a man after his own heart, after God's heart. Here's what David wrote in Psalm 115.1. Not to us, as followers of Christ, not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. Because of your love and your faithfulness. Not to us, God, never to us, never to us. Not to us, Lord, but to your name. To your name. To your name, God, the name that is above every name, the name of which one day, God, not now, but one day your word says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. To that name, the name of Jesus, be the glory. Less of us, more of him. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, make this real in our lives. Wherever there's an injury, the neglect, God, may you meet that need. May you heal the wounds so that we can serve you and be faithful in every way, every day. If you're a follower of Christ here today, Maybe in you, you see a micro, maybe a macro dose of a craving of fame. Would you ask God with all sincerity? Say, God, I want my heart to really pursue less of me, more of you. God, I pray that your spirit would do surgery in the hearts of your followers, including mine right now. Today, this week, each day, that your approval will mean more to us day to day than anybody else's approval. Less of us, more of you. 
Some of you here today are going to recognize the injury, the neglect, something missing in your life that you've been searching for. You're on a pursuit for it right now. You've been trying to find your purpose. There's something missing in your life. You can't put your finger on it. Let me ask you this. Have you ever turned over ownership of your life to God's son, Jesus? Oh, I believe it. I'm not asking you if you believe in God. I'm asking if you've ever turned over ownership with your own mouth, your own lips. Have you ever confessed that you're a sinner and asked God's son, Jesus, the savior, to come in and forgive you of your sins? And you turn over ownership of your life to him by faith. If you've never done that, can I tell you, that's why you're here today. God brought you here today to tell you how much he loves you, but how much you need him. It's more of him, less of you. If you've never turned over ownership, listen, you might believe in God, but you're not a child of God. You're not a follower of his until you make a decision to receive him as Lord and Savior of your life. If that's you today, right where you're seated, if you're sincere, make this your prayer from your heart to God's ears. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of all my sins. And that's a lot. Make me brand new, God, from the inside out. Jesus, save me. Transform me so I can follow you, so I can be adopted into your family. God, I truly want it to be more of you, less of me. Less of me, more of you. Thank you for giving me as a gift. I can't earn, I can't deserve eternal life as I've just given you my heart for this day, for all days, and for all eternity. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.